Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Hello! Um, We're going to do things a little bit differently this morning, as you may have noticed. The uh, table and chairs have magically appeared. If you've been here for a while, you probably have seen one of these weeks where we do an interview in the preach slot. Uh, the idea is simply this, uh, life with God is not just intellectual, but actually gets worked out in our real lives, amen? Uh, and so hearing about our faith working out in real lives is a really helpful and powerful thing, uh, and it is a joy to get to interview the people we are interviewing this morning. I'll give them an introduction, and then we can welcome them up, how about that? So many of us will remember Pete and Justine, they and two of their daughters were part of the initial church planting team that saw this church started in around 2010, 2011, Um, and if you know Pete and Justine, then you will know that they are a big-hearted and faith-stirring couple who have uh, left a significant mark among us, have um, invested deeply into this church and been a formative part of all that we are. Uh, They moved down south. Boo. (laughs) Nothing against southerners. Uh, a couple of years ago, but they did so at the tail end of a certain world event that was happening, which meant that really the goodbye that we were able to say took place in our garden. Um, we had to ticket the event so that no more than 30 people could turn up at a time, and we weren't able to do anything altogether. And it's always kind of jarred with me that we never quite got to do the corporate together goodbye and honouring of this couple that um, I think is due. Uh, Pete actually then continued to serve as a trustee for us here um, and has just finished um, as a trustee. And so we thought we would take the opportunity uh, to get them up and to honour them both for all they've put into this church and its life and to hear from them, let them stir us, um, because of all the people who have prayed and dreamt about what Hope Church could be, um, amongst those who have given the most in that regard are Pete and Justine, and I'm sure there's much in their hearts Um, that we are still to walk into, that will stir us and encourage us this morning. So um, rather than just give a little thank you, which would have been fine, I thought an interview gives us space uh, and we will see what happens. And so can I invite you to put your hands together and welcome Pete and Justine as they come up. Yeah, pick your side. (laughs) <laughs> this is your microphone to share. Um, and we're going to start by inviting Steve up too to say a little thank you on behalf of the trustees. I'm going to stand up because that's much better for me, isn't it? <laughs> um, so this is sort of a formal bit, but not very formal. Um, on behalf of the church trustees, I wanted to thank Pete in particular, Peter particularly, for all the work that he did over that 10 or more year period. Being a trustee is very much a behind-the-scenes activity. Um, you, you might think it's mostly administrative and that, and it, and it is, but it is also really faith-filled. And I think that's one of the distinctives that we will always remember of you, Peter. It isn't just about making sure you meet the requirements of the charity commission, etc., a company's house, getting the reports in every year on time, accurately, de- <laughs> dealing with the accountants and 
helping us put all the right policies in place. It is about um, doing all that, but in a way that honours Jesus and loves the church and, you know, is kingdom focused. Pete actually did everything at the beginning. He put the trust documents together. He decided what the policies initially were going to be. I'm sure had a lot, a lot to do with recruiting the other trustees. And frankly, was chair of trustees for the best part of 10 years. So we wanted just to say thank you for that great foundation you've laid for us to carry on with. And we've got the smallest of tokens for you in uh, nothing to do with Clintons, but in a Clintons bag. Well, it's Steve. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not sure I did much in the way of policies, but... <laughs> but we're still here. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, welcome to the front. You'll be looking out at some faces you recognise, and I guess probably actually many you, you don't recognise, not just because of the distance um, and, our, and our failing eyesight collectively, but there's m many people in this room will be new since we uh, said goodbye to you guys, so... Uh, in a sense, it's fun today for me to be mixing um, friendship groups. The first question, the only place we can really start is, you know, you're not from Harrogate. How did you end up coming to Harrogate to be part of um, Hope Church? Good question. <laughs> well, first of all, thanks again for inviting us, Adam. I uh, really appreciate that. It's, uh, and it's good to be back. It's good to see people that we know and... Uh, as a good number of folks, as Adam said, that we don't know. So it's great to be back. Um, enjoyed the worship. Thank you, Hamish and guys, for leading us in that. Um, how did we get to come to Harrogate? Well, I guess it starts a bit before that. We'd moved oh, probably around 15 years ago to be part of a church plant in Hull. And we'd felt very, very clearly called to that church plant. Um, I was on my way to prayer and fasting and... Uh, we had some houses, and uh, I was just thinking about buying another house in, in Hull. And, uh, well, not another house, a first house in Hull. And I just felt God say to me, why don't you start a church there? And uh, I thought, no, that's a crazy idea. You know, who'd want to do that? Um, <laughs> you know. Um, and then at the end of the prayer and fasting, we, we were praying for places that uh, New Frontiers were looking to plant into, um, and one was Hull, and I was totally unaware that they were looking to plant into Hull. And uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then um, Adrian Holloway just brought this word about Jonah and the whale and saying, it's like, Jonah, you know, he said, someone said, go to Hull, and uh, he's run away. And I was just pinned to my seat at that point and felt God and the Holy Spirit being on me. And, uh, yeah, so we responded to that. And uh, I came back to Justine, I said, I think God wants us to go to Hull and be part of a church plant. And she said, no. Well, I could understand that. <laughs> Sorry, no one from Hull here. Um, but uh, anyway, we, we moved, and we moved with our four kids, and we arrived uh, just before, the day before they started school and college, moved into a temporary rental house um, with a transit van load of goods, and uh, spent, that's where we lived for six months. Um, so we thought we'd be there a long while. And, uh, you know, thought, okay, if we're going to move, it's going to have to be a really clear call of God. And Justin said, uh, well, if someone asks us, we should consider it. Uh, we thought, no one will ask us to move because, you know, who would ask us to move? We don't know anyone up north. Um, you know, we didn't think this was going to happen. And then um, 
John Payne and Ben Priestley came over before, obviously before Harrogate started, and I just had a quick chat with them at the door. I was on welcome that week. And about a week later, John, having chatted with Steve, who led the church before, emailed us and said, would we consider moving to Harrogate to be part of the church plant? And I said, no. Well, that was my initial response, not to them. I just said no. And Justine said, oh, we should consider this. Do you remember what we said? You know, if someone asks us, we should consider it. Oh, okay, wise wife, that's good. <laughs> so, so we thought about it, we prayed, we invited John and Kate over on, they actually came over on the 14th of February, I think it was probably 2010. <laughs> wow. um, so, and, and just explained about their vision for the church plant in Harrogate and uh, how they wanted to reach the town um, across all uh, social sort of groups across all different uh, cultures and uh, that, that's something that just excites us and another adventure so we thought we had this small window of opportunity this was February and uh, our third daughter was going two, two oldest had gone to university so our third daughter was going into sixth form um, so she could change places to do that. Phoebe, our youngest, was going into year eight, so there was that. It's not too bad a time to move year eight, so okay. We thought, if we can sell our house, we'll move. So we managed to sell our house, and we bought the house that our buyers were selling so we could move as well. That sort of closed the chain. And then we had to go through an appeal process to get Phoebe into school, which, if any of you have been through appeal processes, I think we've done three now. And God has been good. We have, he, we have won every appeal process we've done for our kids. Um, you know, when, when, when they say no, there's no space, Justin says they're only small. <laughs> and uh, somehow God, God opens the way, and all our kids have got into to the appeal places. They said to Melissa, who was going into sixth form, well, you can't do those subjects. You haven't, got, you haven't either done them at GCSE or your grades are not good enough. So Melissa's quite stubborn if you knew her. And she just went away and replied for the, reapplied for the same subjects, and they let her in. So, um, so, so yes. Yeah, so we moved here at just beginning of September. Kids moved into school, and yeah, we were part of the church plant here. And I guess uh, twenty of us, I guess twenty five of us, and uh, it's gone from there. I remember so many prayer meetings in those early days, praying for house sales, praying for house purchases, and, and your story, there was a little laughter, so, someone remembers those days too, it was, uh, it was your story that stirred faith again and again in terms of, we've seen God do this, we've seen God get people into schools, we've seen him sell houses, and I think it was, other than salvation, it was probably the main thing that we saw God answer prayers for in those, those early days, um, incredible times, and um, your house that you purchased here, you very kindly let Jess and I stay in then when, you know, I, I, what are we talking, less than a year later, as Jess and I came over, um, you were on holiday and you are like, would you like to stay in our house for a week? I think we helped you guys out by looking after your chickens. Yeah. At the same, it probably was a, probably was a, a trade of a, um, something, but the thought for me as a, a young man, as a young married couple, this, we didn't know you. I think we probably met once. You gave us the keys to your house, said make yourselves at home for the week, feed the chickens, and uh, the help, help yourself to the chocolate drawer, <laughs> help yourself to the wine on the rack, but not the top two rows. I can remember it. And uh, it's, it, it's this incredible generosity uh, of heart from you both, which I've seen it again and again. Uh, and just yeah, a wonderful mark of, of who you guys are um, as a couple. And Hull was... The second church that you were part of seeing birth, I guess, so you, you did somewhere before? 
do you want to talk about that? So it's helpful, I guess, for the people who don't know, especially to hear something of how that all fits in for you. Okay, well, we had been part of a church called North Kent Community Church, which actually had started as a home church. So we started as a group of teenagers, a youth group, that really were impacted by the Holy Spirit. We just used to love to meet together and worship and listen to tapes of people like Bob Mumford and Charles Simpson, who you may never have heard of. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we kind of grew from that, got a heart for building a church in our village. And uh, so we were there from, again, about... a about a group of about 20 of us. Peter was actually the first person baptised, weren't you? Born again in that church and baptised in the bath upstairs because it was literally a house church. Um, Yeah, and then we moved into the youth centre and another school and then another school. So by the time God called us, there was about 350 people going to the church and you were an elder by that stage as well in the church. So, yeah, it was... Great. We had all our four kids there too. Yeah, it was an interesting time in that we lived in this fairly small village of maybe 5,000 people and we had around 300 odd people mainly from that village and it was designed such that every area they were called, what were they called? Oh. Residence. Resi- yeah, anyway, every, they weren't quite streets, but every road or little area of houses had a good number of Christians from our church in. So you couldn't go to the shops just to buy a bottle of milk because it's like you bumped into people all the time. Um, but it, it really, God moved quite powerfully there and it gave us a real vision for building church and community, but revival as well, where we saw God move powerfully, save loads of people, add them in. Um, it, so that was sort of early 80s, it was quite an incredible time for us and yeah, it just got blew, blew our socks off really. Yeah. And I think it's so helpful, isn't it, to, to hear that. It's I mean, a joy to hear the story this morning from the youth about New Day and 9,000 people with lights and incredible um, worship time and to know that God moves there powerfully but also moves in the front room with tapes and I'm sure it was very beautiful singing. <laughs> But, you know, those smaller moments, God moves powerfully in both and can shape lives and communities and towns and nations through both settings. Um, I know I've, I've loved some of the big settings I've been able to go and worship in, but I could name some times just ten, a dozen of us in a room worshipping, which has fundamentally changed people's lives. It's the truth for my life. I know it's true for yours too. And it's just so helpful to pull that out sometimes. They're not the stories we hear all the time. Yeah, I mean, it was exciting as well, the number of Christian unions in schools where God was impacting uh, amongst young people at that time. You know, I went to college and the, 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 the school down the road saw four or five hundred young people born again over a, you know, a year or two in Chatham. It was, it was quite a powerful time with God moving and uh, you know, we're just praying and believing God to do similar again. You know? there, there is this sense, I think, in, in the spirit of God beginning to move you know we're, we're on that cusp of of the wave i believe of of revival coming again you know you can look around and say yeah a nation needs it but that's not a reason necessarily for revival to come i just sense in the spirit god is doing things um and that's that's exciting yeah brilliant I don't know what the next question is <laughs> <laughs> um question two uh you moved therefore to join hope late 2010 and you guys were here for about 10 years. Um, what were some of the highlights of, of that time, oh. of, your, of your time in Harrogate, 
with hope outside as well. Highlights. Yeah, highlights. Okay, uh, well, absolutely seeing the group grow from 20 to what it is today. I mean, it's just amazing to see what God does. Because yes. it's not you. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, all you do is drink lots of coffee and be welcoming <laughs> to people. Um, and obviously worship Jesus. <laughs> but he does the growing. He yes. does the adding. And it, what a privilege. What an absolute privilege. Um, and the friends you make. Oh, wow. That's just wonderful. Uh, God blessed us with a much smaller house when we moved to Harrogate because we had to sell a very large house in Hull. But, of course, the houses in Hull are a lot cheaper than in Harrogate. <laughs> so we had half the size. Um, which meant we had a very small front room. So our life group had to happen around a meal table. And that was such a valuable lesson because God really taught us about the value of fellowship and breaking bread together as in eating together and the depth of friendship and fellowship that you get through that. Mm. So um, then what else was that obviously our family growing up. Yes was another amazing thing. Um, we had, I, th I think it was three grandchildren born while we were here. Um, Alexander <laughs> was actually born in Harrogate Hospital, which was amazing, and I was able to be my daughter's birthing partner, which was such a privilege. Um, and then, our, sadly, our second daughter, we had just the most awful news so we took a phone call and her first baby was stillborn and that was just well still is really devastating mm. but the church was just amazing you know the church family surrounding us supporting us praying for us it just yeah we will never forget that you know yeah, yeah. so I said to you guys in my response when we communicated before today, because we do do a little bit of preparation, uh, and you brought that up, I could probably still take you to pretty much the exact spot at the St what was the St. George Hotel, it's just changed, where the Sunday after that happened, you were a, a row next to us, and in the middle of worship, I don't remember which one of you it was, I don't know if you know, just lifted your voice in this incredible prayer of praise in God's goodness and trust of him, and I, you know, we were all moved deeply by the experience and I just I remember being marked and I still am by what faith-filled worship in that moment of trusting God's faithfulness and his goodness and kindness look like because the temptation is to run isn't it and to hide so often when bad stuff happens but for you 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 ran into the church family and you ran to God and uh, you know, it, it shaped something for me that moment and that wasn't your concern you know you, you were caring for yourselves and, and running to God for help but yeah it in the middle of very painful adversity and, um, and sadness. Um, yeah, you see the beauty of the church, but you, you know, we got to see your faith in action in a very powerful way as well, which was very moving. Um, I think the thing that I'd also add is that, you know, we're invited to give a sacrifice of praise. Mm. Well, a sacrifice has to cost, and has to cost you personally. And so... God gave us that opportunity, that, that very, very precious, valuable opportunity to worship him in our deepest pain. 
And that's a privilege, actually. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> well, um, I'm just going to let it linger a moment, actually. We could rush on, but... It's not something you get the opportunity to talk about too often, is it, in, in public? We, we do this thing rightly in private. Um, and I think the, the, the faith that takes to offer a sacrifice of praise in your most painful moment is high. Um, and we, we've already said, Steve's already commented, I think, and, you know, the faith that was required at, uh, in the trustee level at various times in the life of the church was high, and, and you guys are a, a couple of faith couple of faith what what would you say are some of the key truths that have helped you build your faith and stir your faith in your lives to to, to respond like that to, to do the things that God's called you to do in your lives I think for me I mean it's there is this massively strong conviction that God is good and that he's faithful um, and as thinking it stems back to for me very strangely to a time when I was been a Christian really a few months and uh, you know quite superficial in many ways but reason, you know part of the reason when I became a Christian I'll share maybe a bit about that in a minute um, was that uh, I'd met this young lass who you know kept talking about Jesus and it didn't make any sense to me but anyway we split up and I remembered a guy who was was the leader of this small youth group said to me so what are you going to do and basically my only answer was I've got to push into Jesus and so in every situation, I think that's the thing that, you know, individually and as a couple, we, we do. If we hit adversity, we have to turn to Jesus. I mean, you do that anyway when things are good. But if things are tough, you've got to turn to Jesus because there's nowhere else to turn. Yeah. You know, and he's good and he's faithful. And our testimony for 40 years that he's, he has remained faithful and he has remained good. And he will remain so for the rest of eternity. So that's, that's probably a core foundation for me just keep on being filled with the spirit <laughs> intimacy with Jesus is what it is all about and I mean daily as well um, we have been reading this book by a chap called Steve Upple and in it um, he has he wrote a comment about in the Old Testament the priests had to daily look after the fire that was on the altar to keep it burning and it was a command of God mm. to daily to daily keep it going and actually it has been foundation in in our lives that we daily pray together read the scriptures. Some obviously, so there are times when we're not together, so we don't do it together <laughs> then. But you know, um, that is our commitment and our our delight and our joy. And how we start our day is you start before God, and actually, that's your foundation. That's your rock. That's what doesn't change, even though everything else can. You know. Keep looking at Jesus, keep focused on him and allow the spirit to keep keeping your heart soft. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, is the presence of God is key. You know, it says in uh, Exodus 33 about, you know, Moses 
saying, you know, if we don't go, if we go without the presence of God, then how will they know that we're your people? And that is key. You know, without the presence of God, we're just a social group. We could be a football club, we could be a rugby club, we could be a political party. But it's the presence of God that differentiates us from any other group. And it's the, it's the presence of God that empowers us. Without his presence, we are just like a social club. So I think, again, I mean, we have to owe that to our first church, really, was that, you know, always the pursuit of the Holy Spirit, the pursuit of the presence of God has been something that is, again, foundational in our lives, I would say. So helpful. I, I mentioned at the beginning, as I was giving the introduction, you know, of all the people in the world who have prayed for this community of people, uh, I'm sure you are amongst those who have invested highly in prayer. Uh, and being the faithful people that you are, I know you have almost seen by faith things in your heart for hope that we're still to walk into. You know, Ten years old as a church, maybe a little bit older. What are the things that you would want to remind us of, call us up into as a, as a church family, sort of as a place to land and respond this morning? I, I think, again, it is that presence of God is key. Always to pursue the Holy Spirit, to allow him to have free reign over the church. Um, and as Justin's saying, you know, daily come and to the altar, if you like, and keep the fire burning, keep pressing in, keep pursuing... Um, and, and you know, for keep a, a, a light hand on the tiller. You know, for those who are in leadership, allow the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide. Don't try and oh, I think we want to go there and push and uh, and press things in hard, but allow God to lead and to guide. Um, but as we were saying about revival as well, I think you know, as a as a nation, but as individual churches, God is about to break in again, and so. Get your hearts ready, get your lives ready, be available, be ready to say, okay, God, use me. You know, the fields are white to harvest, um, but the workers are few. Um, so pray that you will be some of those workers. Pray for more workers, but just be open to share the gospel. So there's the two things. You need to be filled powerfully with the Spirit, but you also need to be outward looking to reach your neighbours, to reach your work colleagues, to reach your friends, to reach the random people that you just meet in the street. Um, you know, uh, we've moved, what, 18 months, two years ago, and we're beginning to try to, uh, to meet our neighbours and to have more contact. And I'd say we've had uh, more contact over the last two years than we probably did for the last couple of years in Obviously, COVID didn't help that. Um, you know, for example, we, I do park run. We now do both park run. We love park run. Um, and there were some guys there at the local one. They were talking about Cranfield. So I said, oh, are you guys from Cranfield? They said, yeah. And there was about nine or ten of them that meet together. So I sort of infiltrated into their group. <laughs> and uh, we've now joined this, this group that do, that do the park run. And they know we're Christians. Um, and then when we moved my mum into a nursing home, three, four months ago now, um, one of the guys just started a park run, took me aside, laid his hands on me and just prayed for me. And it's like, whoa. You know, I knew this guy had a bit of a Christian background, but he's not a church guy, he's not wow. pursuing God at the minute. I just thought, yeah, God, you're in his life. You're beginning to move. And we've had a few instances of that amongst neighbours and friends. I'm just beginning to, to see contact. So do you want to say something? Yeah, um, we are very fortunate. God sort of put us in quite a different setting so we now go to King's Arms Church in uh, Bedford 
which is an amazing church and we're just so encouraged and loving being discipled by them. So we've recently done the Disciple Makers course, encouraged by Pete over there as well. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it, it has really gripped us because we see it as a key tool for revival. Yeah. We just really believe that if God is going to move in as big a way as we believe he is and We've seen that he can, he can move big, I tell you. It, you know, we saw lots when we were young. Yeah. And we want bigger than that. And well. we believe bigger than that. And we need to all be equipped because God needs every single one of us. And he invites every single one of us onto an adventure with him. Yes. It's not just the leaders... You know, we we are just normal people like everybody else. You know, <laughs> so but God invites us to come and partner with Him. That's amazing. In actual fact, He set the limit. He said in Ephesians, He said it's going to be through the church that the manifold wisdom of God is going to be displayed. I mean, He's you've got to query sometimes. <laughs> you know, but I, I don't. I, I you know, I, yeah. But isn't that blow your mind? Yeah. It, it's absolutely amazing. God wants to use us. And actually, if we are believing, then we're going to be taking actions. Because that's what faith is. Yes. Faith isn't just believing. It's, it's about taking action now towards being equipped for that end to happen. So for us, we this in September, we're starting a group with another couple from... Um, Cranfield, so there's four of us, and it's going to be a disciple-making group, so we are going to be just getting together, we're going to pray, and we're going to do a disciple-maker, a a discovery Bible study together, so that we are equipped, we know how to use this, we know what we're doing, and then we're deliberately going to be inviting neighbours or friends um, into our home to do, to, to just be friends and see what God does. Just we're just going to step out and see what he does because he's good and yeah. Yes. And we've also got a university on our doorstep which is unbelievable. So we have actually the world on our doorstep. Yes. And we want to reach into that world and see discipleship groups in there so that that can go back into the nations and yeah, yes. who knows what God can do? Come on. You know, he, he's amazing. He, he can do much more than we could ask or imagine. Amen. So, Brilliant. And that's what he wants to do here too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy situation. We live in a village with a university. I mean, it must be, I think it's unique in the nation. Um, so all post-grad students majority from overseas so our heart is you know from the village to the nations that's uh, the strap line that I think God gave us quite early on when we moved or gave me quite early on we moved to to Cranfield and it is crazy that uh, this small village of a few thousand people has a university and yeah we're just expecting and believing God to do way more than we can ask or imagine you know and we have this other couple in Cranfield that we've linked in with. They're amazing. Their kids are already doing this. Oh, yeah. So they have, two teen- they have two teenage kids who are already getting their friends to do Bible studies, and it's, it's brilliant. Um, so you know, God is on the move, and uh, 
Yeah, we had a guy come and do some, uh, put a shed up for us, he had a, probably about three weeks ago, and we had numerous opportunities to share the gospel and to pray for him and his partner. And so we're just beginning to believe, yeah, God break in, finish the job you started with these guys and do much more. Yeah, wonderful. I love it. Told you they stirred faith. Um, Shall we finish by looking at Jesus and allowing him to stir our hearts? I'd love for you guys uh, to pray for us. Um, it'd be great to pray for you as well. Perhaps I could pray for you, then you can pray for us and we can respond. Hamish, do you want to come back up and, and get ready to, to lead us in a song? Um, it's not just about getting excited. It's about looking at God and him doing something and choosing to respond, as you were saying. Faith is not just knowledge not just believing something inside, but the action we take in light of that. And I just want to stir us as we stand to worship at the end this morning, what does action look like in your life today? What does faith in action look like in your life tomorrow? Um, no one can really stand on here and prescribe it for you. But the Spirit of God can lead us into it just as he is for you guys and he has done for us all through this journey. And so I hope he, your faith is stirred and you're encouraged and you want to get uh, involved with what God's doing, you want to join in with what he's doing in your day, um, I'd be great for you guys to pray for that in a moment. But let me just pray for you quickly, and then you can pray a blessing on us. Father, I'm so thankful for this couple and their whole family, for what you've put into my life and my family's life through this family, and, and for what you've done in hope through Pete and Justine, and what you've left here, how you've stirred us again this morning, and, and what you're continuing to do in them, in the place that you've now positioned them. Lord, we thank you that your kingdom isn't only advancing in Harrogate, but is advancing across the face of the earth, through everyday people, not special people. Thank you, Lord. We don't need to be the world's best this, that, or the other. You're looking for sons and daughters, friends with God to join in with what you're doing. And we pray a blessing upon them, we pray a blessing on Cranfield, blessing on all those that they would invite to join them to look at your word together. And we pray that the best is yet to come. Just as they've seen uh, you move in power in North Kent, in Hull, in Harrogate, we pray that they would see you move in the greatest power they've seen in the setting you've now put them and that they would see your church uh, built and your kingdom advanced for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Pray. I'll get down and you can pray for us. How about that as we worship together? Yeah. We're both praying. Yeah, we're both <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Father, we are just so grateful for your goodness and your faithfulness and your presence. And right now, I just pray, Lord God, that Holy Spirit, you'll come and you'll touch every single heart in this place. You will fill every single person with your presence with your grace, with your love, with your power. That, Lord God, you would use us to bring your kingdom in, to advance your kingdom, to see our friends, our family, our neighbours, our work colleagues come to know the amazing joy that there is in knowing you. So, Holy Spirit, we just say, come, have your way amongst us. Start, yeah, be with us. Pour your grace upon us, O oh God. Be poured out. I'd like to invite you to all stand, actually, because I think there's an action needed here because God wants to invite you to partner with him and go. Father, I do pray right now for every heart that, Lord, you would put a fire inside every heart for their neighbours, their friends, the people beside them, Lord, at work. 
Lord, I pray for every street represented in this place. I pray that there could be a Bible study on every single street in this place, because that's what revival looks like. That looks like your street has a Bible study where Jesus is being shared and talked about. I pray, Lord, that you put passion in souls to reach people and you break people's hearts with the things that break yours. That we would see mighty revival in this land that is sustained because it's based in your word and it's experience. It's people experience and encounter you, Jesus, and are forever changed. We just pray that over this church. We pray multiplication, but multiplication of true disciples who love you, Jesus, first and foremost. No matter what they're going through, you are the constant. You are the the sure foundation in their lives. Bless this church, Lord God. Bless people. Give them eyes to see who to reach out to. Remember, it can just be a cup of coffee. It could just be a cake. It could just be something really small. Give people opportunities, Lord, 